The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom, so we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. To the Roadwire Prospect Podcast, brought to you by FanDuel. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. James, going to continue to go through your dynasty rankings. We left off, you know, about the '60s range last time out, but we got the full 200 here. And you really, the, the guy after the guy we uh, left off at is really interesting. Keston Hira, all the way up at 69. He was 220 on your rankings coming into the season. What's really thrust him up? This high, I mean, past other guys who, like the guy behind him, Kyle Tucker, who you had higher on your prospect list coming in. You know, it's it's not surprising anything that he's done. It's just that he's kind of done as well as anyone could have anticipated this year. I, I don't think anyone was expecting to do better than this, and there was obviously a chance that maybe uh, he doesn't get to double A this quickly, or maybe that he, you know is hitting for average and not power or something like that. I mean, he just handled high A with ease. He's handled double A with ease. Uh, looks like a guy to me that 
uh, would probably be ready for the big leagues towards the end of this year. But I think a, a guy that more realistically we'll see up in the majors in early 2019. Nice, man. Do you think he's a brewer when we see him? That's a great question. I think that there are certain, I don't even know if it's players or just player that are available and they're both Mets starting pitchers where I could see uh, him possibly being involved. But um, I mean, I, there's nobody else on the market or at least anyone who's been reported to potentially be on the market that he would be in a deal for. So uh, if they do move him, it, it will be to the Mets. And that would actually really suck, I think, for his fantasy value because it's the Mets. You're right. It's the Mets. And they're just it's just a, that infield is just a mess. I mean, the outfield's a mess, too, like in terms of just playing time and trusting them to get the right guys at bats. You're also you'd also be dealing with like a huge downgrade in park, a downgrade in offense. Uh, whereas with the Brewers, it's just the perfect like if you just looked at Keston Hira, uh, bat first, second baseman, like think about all the teams in baseball, and you could maybe argue the Brewers are the best place for him to end up because they don't have a single guy standing in his way at that position, yeah. and it's a great lineup, great ballpark. Uh, I mean, it's just a kind of a dream landing spot for him. So if I owned him in a dynasty league, I'd be begging the Brewers to, to hold on to him. And I think that that's probably the, the likely outcome. Interesting. Uh, I'm excited that trade season is heating up. A lot of rumors and the Brewers being linked to Machado very closely. It's got to be exciting for you as a Brewers fan. Pretty exciting days as a Reds fan even lately. It's pretty fun, man. This team's actually like as bad as they were to start the season They've been like as fun or more than that uh, lately. It's been a good run. We'll see what happens. I don't think they're going to be very active at the deadline, but they could flip a few pieces. Do you think they're going to trade Iglesias? I think he'd be the guy to go if they were to make a deal. Maybe Scooter. I know the Dodgers have been sniffing around. I, I kind of think they hold on to Scooter. I think they want Scoots to be like a foundation. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, he's you know playing like it. I yeah, the Dodgers yeah. are The Dodgers are that team in your in your fantasy league that – like they just won't do a deal with you unless they unless they are very very confident they're getting the better end of it and uh, for that reason I just I can't imagine if they traded him to L A that you would be all that excited about the return but um, I mean that's you probably might. why the Dodgers like trading with the Reds so much <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it seems like those guys, those two teams are always working out deals yeah I mean when you have thirty teams there's there's always going to be at least a, a few suckers in the room so. Yeah, I think the culture's changed a little bit, but the Reds definitely... I mean, after that Chapman deal, we're just getting lowballed for like two straight years. Couldn't get much done. But speaking of the Reds, Taylor Trammell up at 76. He started at 119. I remember somebody asked me on Twitter recently about possible 2019 debut for Taylor Trammell. I said, maybe. I mean, that's what James has currently on the site. You said, though, you may pump the brakes a little bit, but that hasn't stopped you from... At least, you know, pump the brakes in terms of the ETA, but that hasn't stopped you from bumping uh, Trammell up your rankings. Yeah, he's just, he's done everything. Uh, well, actually, no, he hasn't done everything you would have hoped at uh, high A. I, I think the one thing that, that kind of sucks is that he clearly has like a little bit of a ways to go in terms of just his acumen on the base paths. Uh, obviously has the speed, but just you know, still kind of learning how to read pitchers and all that stuff. 16 steals on 25 attempts, which is great. Uh, but I mean, he has the speed to have had, you know, 20 plus steals and a better success rate 
So, um, but he's actually kind of picked that up, I think, over the past month or so. Um, the power, I just don't worry about it. I mean, he's got six home runs in, in half a season. He's lowered his strikeout rate. He's upped his walk rate slightly. He's hitting over 300. Uh, just a, a really, really solid prospect. A guy that I think is, you know, for a guy at high A, he's about as close as you get to a sure thing at being a five-category guy. Interesting. So the players between Hira and Trammell were Kyle Tucker, Trevor Story, Didi Gregorius, Walker Bueller, who I've getting a lot of people sniffing around on RDI. I just can't pull myself to do it, although... It's on the table. Steven Strasburg, Mitch Haniger, who I was completely wrong about, and then Trammell, AJ Pollock, D. Gordon, wrong side of thirty. I get it. Madison Bumgarner, Bumgarner, Jordan Alvarez, James Paxton, and then Manuel Margot. I, I figure you know you've s- bumped him down a little bit, but I think a lot of people have soured on him a little bit more uh, than you have. He has come around a little bit of late, but he he's another guy whose acumen on the base paths just is lacking right now. Success rate is really not good at all. But why are you still really high on Margot? Yeah, that that's such a confusing weakness in his game. Like I, I just I don't understand how he can't be better on the bases. Um, but he is hitting two ninety, three sixty four, four thirty over his last forty games. Uh, so I think that the approach and everything i mean he's striking out at an excellent clip walking over 10 percent of the time over that stretch i think he's really rounding into form at the plate and you know it's not like it's not like he's a ton slower than he was a year or two years ago uh and i don't see him slowing down in the coming season so while he sucks on the bases right now He's still really fast, and they're still a rebuilding team. And he I still, saw something where sorry to just interrupt yeah. you, but I just wanted to say I did see something where he he wants to run. Yeah, and, and he really they, wants to. They want off. him to run too. Yeah. I mean, th- that's a team that let Will Myers flirt with thirty steals. Like so, I mean, very good point. He could. He's going to get to run uh, at least over the next couple of years. I think he'll get a little bit better in that regard. But to me, this this ranking. Uh, is just all about his age. He's 23 years old. Uh, I have a lot of faith in his job security. Um, you know, he's a, he's a really good defensive center fielder. Uh, I think that he profiles as a guy that could eventually, you know, when they're contending and they will be contending in, in a year or two, uh, I think he could be their leadoff hitter, maybe, maybe their number two hitter. Uh, I think that there's probably double digit homer power there, not, not 20 homer power or anything like that, but um, just a guy who is 23. You're going to, if you traded for him right now in the dynasty league, you'd get his entire prime. Um, I think it's a good situation. I, I, I've always been really high on him. I'm not willing to kind of uh, pump the brakes too much on that. Interesting. So Margot is 82. Then 83 is Austin Riley. He's back in you know, live competitive action. I think it's still GCL started his rehab assignment. Do you think we see Austin Riley this year? I don't. No. I don't yeah. see any reason for that. I mean, that without Margo's playing really well. Right. And maybe if he doesn't get hurt and he just kept going on a tear at AAA, maybe we see him. But that injury just really all but rules it out to me. I just don't see why you would bring him up. Uh, maybe they would bring him up in September with the idea that they would start him back in the minors in 2019. Uh until they'd gotten that extra year of control. I mean, sometimes we see that with guys like, 
you know, nobody was expecting Victor Robles to come up last year. No one was expecting uh, Willie Calhoun to come up. Then he gets traded and he gets up. Uh, but if we did see Riley, I don't think it would be as a full-time player, and I think that it would be as just kind of a get him used to the big leagues, send him back down at the start of 2019. Interesting. Yeah, that could be the case, too, on another team. He could be a guy that gets traded, although probably probably be a blockbuster deal, quite a lot to get right at the – uh, from the Braves. But Martinez, Carlos Martinez next. Skipping down just a little ways, though. Josh Hader, this is an interesting rank. 88. Is this kind of just assuming that he does what he's doing right now? Because like, he's been super valuable in fantasy in his current role. Are you expecting closer duties or maybe a return to, to starting? I don't see why they would ever change his role, to be honest. I know that uh, there might be some people that are hoping that he, he gets transitioned back into a starting role. I just don't like there's almost no upside to that to me. I mean, this is a guy that could be a three and a half win four win player as a reliever. Uh, why would you, and, and it's his, his pitch mix and everything. It's just tailor made for this role. Like it's not a starter's repertoire and he's too good to be a closer. So this is the perfect role for him I think it's the way you get the most value out of him and one thing I really like about him is that he is not a max effort guy you know like he he kind of has that arm slot where he just kind of slides it in there and anyone can break like it's impossible to predict pitcher health but like when I watch him pitch I'm not like waiting for him to uh kind of looks like sale a little bit yeah, or just yeah. I mean, he he's got that sort of lefty low arm slot look going, and uh, it's a like quick twitch. But yeah, it's not super max effort. Like, let's talk about just Hader versus. So I have Hader at eighty eight, and then I have Edwin Diaz at ninety, Craig Kimbrell at ninety one, and Kenley Jansen at ninety three. How would you rank those four guys, and would that be your top four in terms of relief pitchers for Dynasty? Man, that's tough. I remember an RDI kind of faded relief pitching just because in a dynasty it's just hard, and I think you can get saves. But at the same time, these elite guys do do deserve to go eventually. I think this is, you know, the 80s range is where they, you know, that's a fair point for them. Diaz, I just think this year everything's, you know, the stars are aligned. It's just a magical season for him. I don't think he can ever have another better season, but it's like, you know, his stuff is totally really super young. Um, I think I may have Diaz one here. Just because of the saves? Yeah, just because of the saves. I mean, as haters, I mean, even counting saves, standing five by five, he's been among the most valuable relievers in the game. But, yeah, I'd take Diaz for the saves, and I'd probably, you know, Jansen's really bounced back. I know he's 30, but I just feel good about, you know, three to four more good years from him. Even with that dip in velocity early on, he's he's gained that back. So, <clears throat> I think I may go Diaz Hater or Diaz Jansen Hater Kimbrel. Any reason for having Kimbrel last, or just do you like the, the other three guys? I more? mean, yeah, it's just a little bit of liking the other guys, and just a lot of same with Jansen, but a lot of wear and tear now on Kimbrel's arm. Obviously, in that mix, but yeah, I guess it's just with Hater. It's like as good as he is in that role, it's it sets you back in a couple categories, it sets you back in strikeouts and wins. He's so hater is so great for like the RDI format, the 20 team yeah. dynasty format, but he's kind of <laughs> like, 
in some ways he's sort of a pain in the ass in uh, like a 12 team. Like I have him in the yeah. Rotowire online championship, 12 team NFBC. And he's, it's like, he's too good to, to really ever take out, but I've always tempted to take him out because like I have a two start guy. Yeah. I have a guy on my bench who's got a nice matchup for a start, or I've got kind of a mid tier closer and I want to make up some ground and saves. And it's just the deeper the league, the better hater plays, I think, just because yes. you're, you're never going to have nine guys better than him mm-hmm. in a dynasty, in, in a true 20 team dynasty. And so you just I think that's set a really it good and way to put it. it. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. The deeper the league, the more valuable Hater is. I'm with you. And I think in the long run, it is probably best to just leave a guy like Hater in there. But it's so, it, having that discipline is tough. Like, I want to plug in Andrew Suarez for two step, like an idiot. Um, <laughs> all right, so moving down the rankings here McCullers, 95, Zach Granke, 96, uh, Matt Olson, Whit Merrifield. Were you a believer in Merrifield coming in? I mean, you had him 170, so not really. it's not like you were super down on him. But, you know, what's what's he done to really kind of sway you to really believe now? Uh, I mean, everything kind of checks out. Um, I just – I wasn't willing to kind of accept that last year was just what we're going to get from Merrifield going forward. Got another half season of – reps where it's starting to look more and more legit um i think that just the fact that you can kind of count on him for 20 steals in and a high average and everyday at bats like the amount of guys that you can count on for that it's not a very long list and he's you know he's not young he's 29 uh but i think you can expect kind of this type of production for at least two or three more years and then maybe there'll be a step down from that but uh like if you're in a dynasty league right now and i'm kind of in a position like this in in tdgx and rdi to to some extent if you want to get a guy that's gonna help you in stolen bases and not just completely sink your average it's tough. Like it's really tough. Like you almost have to pay like a dollar ten or a dollar dollar twenty almost to get that player. So just having a guy like Merrifield and that this that's part of the reason why, you know, I ended up I moved Tim Anderson like way up. I moved I, I moved him up into the well inside the top fifty up to thirty six. And I've I've liked Tim Anderson, uh but coming into the year, I had him at like 110 just because, you know, we hadn't seen him fully tap into his speed. And I think maybe maybe Tim Anderson's kind of a cautionary tale for anyone that kind of gives up on Manuel Margot as a as a stolen base threat. But uh, just the fact that you can count on Tim Anderson for 30 steals and double-digit home runs, and he's so young, he's going to stick a shortstop. Like, those players are just really hard to find. And that's that's why when you look at my prospect rankings – the guys that I think are going to steal bases and hit for a high average are always going to be uh, ranked pretty high. Yeah, definitely. Tim Anderson, you know, you add up the home runs and the stolen bases. He's, you know, one of the, among the best options in the game. And Merrifield has that capability, that ability too. And he hasn't hit for as much power this season, but we have seen it. And yeah, stolen bases is really hard to find. And the counting numbers for him haven't been terrible, even with the team being awful. So that's, that's the so knock, right? Yeah. It's like, is <laughs> when are they going to trade him? Cause like that team's going to be terrible for at least like three more years. So, yeah. 
Uh, hopefully that they, they can trade him maybe, if, if not at this deadline, maybe in the offseason or next deadline and just get him in a better situation because it's going to be tough for him to really produce high-end uh, counting stats there. Eric Hosmer rounds out the top 100. I might have bumped him way down uh, this list. He's killing me. Like my 12-teamers, I've just had to bench him. Just pounding the ball into the ground. It's really frustrating. Uh, but the back half of the top 200 dynasty rankings here, Travis Shaw, uh, I get that. Do you think, though, if he ever leaves Milwaukee, he could his value could really plummet? Yeah. Uh, I just don't see him leaving until he's a free agent and even then it's not really a lock like I don't I don't love any of the Brewers third baseman in the system uh and as long as he's there I just think he's a really good bet to approach 100 RBI in the middle of that lineup so um yeah I mean it's just it's kind of more of a next two to three years sort of certainty in my mind at least with him um if I was factoring more kind of, and, and like this article is not live on the site yet, but I always have a kind of disclaimer at the beginning where these rankings are extremely flexible based on where you're at in the standings. Like if you're, if you're not competing and you have Travis Shaw, I'm sure there are like 50 guys behind him that I'd rather have. Uh, But if you are competing, he's going to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Love to see Scooter making a big jump from 272 to 108. And the next guy, Max Muncy, kind of the big surprise of the whole season, up to 109. I do, you know, we talked about him recently, and I do think the average is going to fall, but I do think there's probably like five, maybe five years here of really good power production. And, you know, if it's on base, if it's an on base league, he obviously gets a huge bump. What do you think about the. Because I feel like the two big uh, blow-up guys this year are Muncie and then Jesus Aguilar, mm-hmm. who I have like eight, eight spots lower. How would you order those two guys? Muncie, a year younger, I believe. Um, is that Would you agree that it's Muncie by, by hair and then Aguilar? I think so. It's tough, though, man. They're both really good. They're, I, I think Muncie's a little bit safer. Just because, I don't know, this came kind of out of nowhere with Aguilar. Although he had an all right season last year, but um, well, it's, it's neck and neck for me. With part of the team. reason I, to me, like uh, team context, I just I have more faith. Like the Dodgers to me, you know, is for all their resources, I can't see them ever having so many good infielders that Muncie's not playing almost every day, even yeah. if he goes into a slump, whereas like, Aguilar is a first baseman on a team with Ryan Braun and Eric Thames. Like, it, and that 1B, 3B, 2B eligibility really helps. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Aguilar is a guy, though, that you know I've been sniffing around on in RDI. I think in Dynasty Leagues, even right now, you could buy high. So, you know, I don't think it'd probably cost what it actually should cost to get Aguilar. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, though, right behind Aguilar. I want to jump up, though, just to one spot. Uh, Robbie Ray, 113. So he has fallen a little bit, obviously, from his preseason rank of 77. But I'm starting to get really worried. Um, I still think he's, you know, we, we've seen these words before with Robbie Ray, so maybe I shouldn't be as worried. But um, do you think he's still got a couple good years of uh, high quality, at least in, uh, innings and, and strikeouts? 
I don't know, man. This I kind of punted on this one, uh, or at least I I felt like I did. Uh, you know, when he's healthy, I think the strikeouts are are going to be there. Uh, he's still pretty young. I mean, he's kind of on that short list of guys where if if you told me I was getting 175 innings, I would pencil in like 230, 240 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never been that high on him so I just kind of put him where I felt like I would have to answer the fewest questions I guess <laughs> like I'm never going to end up trading for Robbie Ray in a dynasty league um, mm. I'm sure there are plenty of people listening that, that love Robbie Ray and stuff like that uh, but you know whatever yeah he's a tough one man he's a guy that I actually have in one dynasty league and I can't really even get rid of him Nobody, nobody wants Robbie Ray right now. Hoping he's able to salvage some of his value, but uh, we'll see. Quick note, fantasy baseball fans, season of course uh, halfway over now, and FanDuel continues to offer the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball. No matter what you're looking for, FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind, something for everyone. Tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just twenty five cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. Play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription, which will help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Another guy, real quick before we move on past some of these others, is Aaron Hicks, man. Aaron Hicks is awesome. But does the injury history keep him down a bit maybe further than than uh you'd think just looking at the past couple of years on field? Uh I mean he's just so good when he's out there. Uh I like I like the team context. I think that they really like the way that his defense kind of uh pulls that outfield together. You know, it's not a extremely mobile outfield and having him out there really helps um you know when you're getting into this range a lot like a lot of these guys have some sort of wart that's keeping them outside uh the top 100 so yeah you factor in the injuries with hicks but i I just love the the power and speed you're getting when he's out there yeah man he's been huge in terms of earned guys to date he's he's probably higher than you'd expect but contributing across the board all five categories he's been great ian happ that's a tough one for me to swallow <laughs> as an owner john gray 125 only fallen you know what is this 14 spots can't do yeah, that 16 16 spots. spots um obviously that move the rockies made to send him down was pretty puzzling does have some issues with the long ball but do you think we see gray back up and do you think he finishes uh strong uh, I think that he, I think in our projected starters good, we have him coming up to make a start here uh, this oh, really? weekend. Um, I don't, I don't think that's confirmed yet. I think that that's just kind of our, our best guess, but, um, yeah, I, with him, I just can't wait. I'm, I'm counting down the days and I don't even own him in a dynasty league, but I, I'm still counting down the days until he becomes a free agent because, I think this is a guy that could end up being like, I, I think he, if he goes to just like a normal team, I think he could be, finish a year as a, as a top 10 fantasy starter. Um, 
still relatively young at 26. He's a guy that if in, if he was in perfect conditions, I think he could flirt with like 275 strikeouts. Like I think it's it's that type of stuff. So uh, I've been trying to buy low on him in some dynasties, and uh, the gray owner's not not selling right now. So it's yeah, we got to deal with Coors Field for I think this year, and then uh, I think it's one more year, um, one or two more years. But maybe they even trade him. Like if if they get to a point where they know they're not gonna be able to keep him and and why would he stay obviously uh they might they might just trade him before he becomes a free agent so once he gets out of Coors I think he is easily a top 90 top 80 uh dynasty league asset nice few spots lower Nick Williams and I was seeing some numbers on Twitter the other day just how good he's been over the past calendar year since getting the call. And I, I really didn't realize how valuable he'd been. Do you think there's another level still to come with Nick Williams? What I just want is, is some more consistency and he's kind of, he's been consistent over the past uh, month or so. And, you know, that's what you want from a guy that's kind of ranked in this range is you're, you're hoping that, you know, as he gets 25, 26 years old, you can just draft him knowing what you're going to get instead of having to deal with the volatility, uh, the, the playing time situation there is also a little annoying just because you assume that given their depth, he's, he's not going to get like a true everyday role, but uh, love the way the power plays in that park. I think that he's, you know, the comp I've always sort of had on him has been Adam Jones with not as good makeup. And I think that if he maxes out, we could see just Adam Jones, prime Adam Jones production from him in the, the coming years. It's pretty nice little play for sure. I forget sometimes that Andrelton Simmons is still just 28. That's pretty amazing. He's really grown offensively over the past few years. He needs to run, though. And I don't know His numbers are insane coming. just in terms of approach. Like 15Ks this season. It's, it's wild. Well, how do you – like, it's, it's just shocking that he's striking out under 5% of the time and hitting over 300. Like how do you how do you make that much contact and hit for that high of an average? Like it's 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 crazy. I mean, it, you're you're not going to see that from many guys. He's I think his K rate is like half of what the next lowest is. Like, and he's <laughs> walking. The he's walking eight yeah. percent of the time too. Like, go to the leaderboard, it's like yeah, five percent. Then it's like eight point nine percent or something. But yeah, Wild. he's not doing anything really. Other than that, that average. Yeah. I mean, he's getting you empty forty average. plus runs, forty plus RBI, which is great. And hit for more power last year. It hasn't I, really been there. You love that his glove is like he's just never gonna. Yeah, that's what's so nice about him in the dynasty. Yeah, he's not going anywhere in the field. Brendan Rodgers, not really moving much, but he was a guy I know you were a little bit lower on. Is it really just about the setting with him? Uh, I just I think that you know we'll, I'm, I've been the low guy on him for forever uh you know he he could definitely prove me wrong and I think Coors Field has made me look bad in the past just because I it, I sort of have a blind spot where when I when I think a guy's like a true talent like 260 hitter in the big leagues I'm sort of hesitant to give him the the Coors bump until he's at until he actually gets to Coors uh but I, yeah, I think that there's you know twenty five, maybe thirty homer pop there in, in his best years, plus an average that I could see really fluctuating. Uh, 
year to year. Um, I don't know. This is, this is where he ended up. I'm sure it's not all that useful if you're a Brendan Rodgers owner or you're trying to acquire Brendan Rodgers because if you want him, you probably think of him as like a top 75 guy. Yeah, absolutely. Skipping down a little ways, Michael Brantley, good to see he's back healthy. He's been one of the great values this season. Yeah, 31, I think he's still some good years left. Ross Stripling, huge riser, of course, not ranked coming in. Now up to 150. Do you see any holes at all in what with what he's doing? Uh, for me, it's just about durability. If he if he's pitching and he's healthy, I think he's going to be good. I don't really see any reason to doubt that at this point. Uh, really, really deep repertoire um, plays up in some of the parks in that division for sure. I uh, just would like to kind of get a get a bearing on what type of innings we can expect from him year to year because it's it'd be hard for me to imagine him just being a guy that is like a 180 185 inning guy year to year I think that he's probably going to be like 141 year 165 one year 130 you know like that type of thing so uh, durability is just the, the only question mark I have yeah absolutely man Scott Kingery he's fallen but he's a guy that his value is really low right now and he's I was pretty high on him coming in but 24 years old and I just don't know I don't know if the power is going to be there with the speed I I'm a little scared of him in Dynasty. Yeah, he was a really tough rank. Uh, the guy right behind him, David Dahl, also a really tough rank. Um, Man, that is tough. I want to buy – I'm still – I mean, I think that the fact that I still have Kingery in the top 200 would put me in the still sort of believe camp because I'm sure there are plenty of people that wouldn't trade uh, – 200 guys for him yeah abandoned um, ship so i you know he's still got that speed uh he's still you know he's he's almost up to 10 steals on the year even though he's hitting like 220 uh i think that there's a chance that we could see and he wasn't you know that his manager went out on kind of a big limb and really wanted him on the opening day roster uh, i think on a lot of other teams he would have been down for another month or two probably at triple a um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, as long as he's getting the opportunities, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of turns things around in the second half. Uh, but you know, if, if we get to this time next year and he's hasn't made any major improvements, he he'll probably fall off of this. Nice. Alex Kirilov has made a huge rise up to one fifty seven. What the hell is he doing this year? I haven't seen. Uh, just murdered uh low a and now he's up to high a uh struggling to kind of show the same sort of approach struggling to get to the same sort of power but that's kind of to be expected at least initially when you when you make a level jump like that um just a a guy that i could see hitting for like a 285 average with 30 homer pop and you know obviously that'll play um so he's a guy that uh I think if he kind of gets going at high A, there's there's a chance he could be kind of on the, the borderline of the top 10 or top 15 prospects heading into next year. Nice. Jonathan India, I'd love to see that. Checking in at 161, and you were a part of a – was it a first-year kind of player yeah. uh, prospect draft? And India fell to you in like four, I believe, right? Who were the guys who went ahead of him? I was picking three, and Nick Madrigal went one, and uh, – Casey Mize went to this was 
uh, Jesse Roach for the Dynasty Guru set this up. Um, it was yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I was getting a lot of my guys, which is always great. You know, when you're picking third, oh, yeah. like to me, India is the clear top guy, but I knew that that was not even close to a consensus. So I thought that there was a, at least a 50-50 shot that I would get him. So I was pretty pumped that he fell to three. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, looking down the rest of the list, some certainly some interesting names. Ahmed Rosario, you're not willing to give up on him yet. I've, I pretty much have. But Billy Hamilton, <laughs> I mean, he's still in there. We've talked about just how key speed is, and I, I'm guessing that that's the only thing keeping him up there. Although, you know, change of scenery might be good for him. I just I don't think this guy's ever going to hit, but the speed should be there for a couple more years, so long as he stays in a starting role. Well, he's he's such a fascinating asset in Dynasty Leagues, like uh, more fascinating to me than even like D. Gordon, just because, you he know. He can hit. Like, right, like if you are competing for your league title and it's a, it's like a 20-team league, uh, Billy's batting average hurts you a little less, you know, obviously with a deeper format and, you know, he has the speed to just completely swing that category. So he could be worth 10 standings points by himself and, and, and still like a top 200 asset. You know, I think if you're, if his owner looks at the standings and sees like, Oh, if I trade you Billy, then you're probably going to win the league then they're going to be able to drive a pretty hard bargain. And there aren't many other guys like there, there's aren't other guys that can offer steals in that type of bulk um, that are going to be able to be had on the relative cheap. So I, I still think that makes him a top 200 guy, but like you said, I'm, I'm with you on all the concerns. Like I, I don't think he's going to hit. I think it's just kind of, can he keep finding spots where his glove is valuable enough for, to get him at bats? Yeah, that's true, though. You know, if I have made a deal, too, and labored to just move up that one category. If you're in a position late in the season and, you know, those five standings points can win you the league, Billy could still make a big difference, still has value as a trade chip. Um, anybody else you want to mention quickly before we move on to the hip-hop countdown? Collabs. Uh, I'll just say, I mean, so two get, the two probably biggest fallers for me uh, were – um, Orlando Arcia and Domingo Santana, uh, crazy enough. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, Lewis Brinson and, uh, Luis Castillo also kind of in that mix. Um, and part of me wanted to kind of keep those guys in the top 200, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a realist. I, I think that, uh, I don't think the the whole thing is settled on those guys, but, you know, realistically, what are you going to get for Domingo Santana right now in a dynasty league? You're not, you're probably not going to get anyone in this top 200. So, um, kind of a bummer. I was, I was definitely wrong about those guys preseason. Uh, sorry if, that, if that cost any of the, the listeners, hey, uh, a nice asset, but, to you. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, I'll, I'll definitely chalk up an L to this point on those guys. Yeah. Same. Well, great stuff as always, James, we appreciate it. We'll look forward to these dynasty rankings going up on the site um now we are on to our countdown of the top hip-hop collaborations of all time uh james do you know what number we're on because honestly we I are on six a few days it's a few weeks 
Six. Okay. Uh, I know this one came on at a recent shindig you and I were at. Tried to play it coy, uh, not give it away, but I got Ghetto Superstar. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Wow. Praz and ODB and Maya. That's a great call. I didn't I had even to include that. I honestly didn't even think of it. Um, I just think it's such a great, you know, jam. It's a classic jam, and it holds up today. It really does. Absolutely. Um, that's a. How would you really quick? How would you grade out uh, Praz as a as a rapper? <laughs> <laughs> Does he is he above I'd the Capadonna line? I've forgotten his name recently, but oh, can we say you like know, you've been slandering? Can, can we use Capadonna as like the hip hop version of Mendoza? Where like is is he is he above the Capadonna line? <laughs> That's hilarious and perfect. Yeah, I think he's above the Capadonna line. <laughs> uh, not by much, you know. He never really had a solo career outside of this track. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, he's had some some bangers. I mean, I, mean, I love the score, uh, yeah. Fuji's. I yeah, mean, that, Fuji's that's, the score. That's a classic, classic album. I'm trying to think of like other like solo songs that stick out, and I really can't. He's a any. he's absolutely a one hit wonder yeah, on the solo on side. On the solo side, absolutely. But ODB man, I he's so unique, and I, I think we may have graded him, but he's an eighty flow for me because it's so unique. Yeah. And I was listening to Reunited, which I think is the only you know Wu Tang song Nick Whalen likes. But his <laughs> his verse on Reunited is just so great. But his verse here is great too. And Maya, give her credit. Hey, right, shouts to Maya. Hey, shouts to Maya. This was a unique one that I had to fit in. I remember having the Bullworth soundtrack as a kid. So oh, yeah. I may still have that CD. This was the only song I ever listened to. I about. mean, I, I might have had a a King magazine with Maya on it back in the day. Who, who's, <laughs> well, who's to say? Look, she was smoking. <laughs> uh, what do you got this week, James? I have What We Do by Freeway, Jay-Z, and Beanie Siegel. Ooh, uh, I'm a Beanie guy. Little Rockefeller. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm very biased to Jay-Z tracks, and uh, this is this is one where, you know, he wasn't quite over the hill yet when uh, this one was recorded. Uh, really good verses by everyone. I think Freeway probably brings it the hardest on this one, but Jay-Z and Beanie Siegel are right there. Amazing beat by Just Blaze. Uh, the beat kind of brings the whole thing together, um, and this one this one holds up. I've tried to kill it, uh, but it won't die—at least not yet. So uh, definitely check that out. I would not be surprised if a decent amount of the listeners have not heard that one. Yeah, Praz one hit wonder in the solo side. I don't think uh, Freeway had a hit. It, does it get? Side. Yeah. Does he? Um, Wait, was this this wasn't Freeway's song, was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, it was. So yeah. this is okay. I didn't think it was attributed to him, uh, but yeah, I know that song. That's a good song. Yeah, that's off his uh, debut album. Okay. I mean, I I <laughs> I know a decent amount of Freeway songs because I I was a uh, Rockefeller fanboy back in the day. But um, you know, I had the album. What was his like group album? State property. Yeah, I had state prom. With that, like, be, that was Beanie Siegel's group, yeah. and he was like, okay. Freeway was the the number two guy in that group. Okay. I guess I didn't give Freeway with Rock the a, Mic. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. I guess I didn't give Solo Freeway enough listen, but I do know that song. <laughs> um, but yeah, I might have to, I have to dial up some more Freeway. Yeah, I mean, my next playlist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh, props to 
Andrew, by the way, for setting up the Spotify playlist. We'll get those added, I'm sure, pretty soon. And I, I really quick, I do want to say, um, you know, I've had people reach out on Twitter and just kind of say, like, hey, how come you don't like this act or how come this act didn't get included? I mean, definitely don't don't hold back on that. If you got if you yeah. got a gripe, if you got a complaint, um, send it send it our way. It, we're probably not going to do anything about it, but um, feel free to just make your voice heard. Yeah, on we'll there. hear you out. Not going to change anything, but <laughs> we'll hear you out. I, we've literally never changed anything based on anything other than our own opinions, but. Uh, <laughs> Feel free to just let us know. Yeah, and if you really want more Eminem, you're definitely not going to get it. But um, <laughs> you know, we'll at least read your tweets. So, yeah. At Clay W. Link at Real Jr. Anderson. Talk to you guys next week on the Prospect Podcast, brought to you by Fanduel. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.